0: Welcome to the April 29th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. On Thursday afternoon, around 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Bitcoin quickly dropped from around $5,500 to as low as 5070 on Bitstamp, and this coincided with news about the New York Attorney General's Office and Tether and Bitfinex. And that's the biggest news story of the day. We're going to go into that after the market analysis. But, anyways, this news precipitated a rapid drop in Bitcoin's price of around over $400. And after that, Bitcoin has been sideways and volatile on Friday and over the weekend into now. After dropping to 5,070 during Thursday evening, Bitcoin managed to get as high as 5,220 or so on Bitstamp. Just before midnight on Thursday, but after that, Bitcoin dropped again to around five thousand and seventy during Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, Bitcoin has been in the fifty one hundred to fifty two hundred dollar trading range. And last night, actually yesterday afternoon, Bitcoin was as low as fifty-one twenty. And then around midnight, Bitcoin went as high as fifty-one ninety. And right now Bitcoin's at fifty-one fifty. So we're in sideways, somewhat volatile trading action, but The biggest thing is that Bitcoin dropped from around $5,500 to where it is now in the $5,050 to $5,200 trading range. Bitcoin's drop in price has precipitated a bearish turn in the rest of the crypto market. This morning, Ethereum is only at $155, down 2.4% in the past 24 hours, down even more since Thursday. And that's a $16.5 billion market cap. Bitcoin's at a $93 billion market cap after being quite close to a $100 billion market cap. Ripple's down 1.22% this morning, and it's below $0.30 cents again for the first time in a little while. EOS is down 2.2%, trading near $4.65. Bitcoin Cash is one of the least profitable cryptocurrencies today. It's down 8.5%, near $244. So Bitcoin Cash saw some major gains during April. We're still at the end of April here. But yeah, it went up to as high as like $335, but now it's at $244. Litecoin is down 4.7% Litecoin has been losing a lot over the last Several days It was as high as $80 before But now it's at like $69 Binance coin is at $22 Down 4% in the past 24 hours So the Binance DEX finally launched But there was no rally associated with the launch of the Binance DEX And the Binance DEX Is kind of slowly developing I'm pretty sure it's going to be the biggest decentralized exchange DEX in history But It has to start somewhere, and it's not like a massive trading place yet. It's just getting started, and it seems like the speculative rally because of the Binance Dex already took its course before the Binance Dex launch. So Binance Coin went up a lot in the month or two preceding the launch of the Binance Dex, but it didn't go up any more. In fact, it dropped a bit since the launch of the Binance Dex. It was as high as, I believe, like $26, $27. Now it's at $22 per Binance Coin. Stellar is down 2.2 percent it's below 10 cents cardano is down 5.5 percent tron is down 2.7 percent monero is down 3.4 percent in the past 24 hours it's just above 60 dollars near 61 dollars actually dash is actually steady on the day and it's near 111 bitcoin sv down 3.9 percent in the past 24 hours and a small story about bitcoin sv That doesn't really change anything right now is that CoinGeek, which is one of the biggest proponents of Bitcoin SV from the beginning, apparently they control like half of the mining rate pretty much. It fluctuates. It goes from like 45% to like up to 60%. That's what CoinGeek controls of the Bitcoin SV mining hash rate. And whenever Bitcoin has had a mining pool get even close to 50%, there's been a big outcry that's like centralized because theoretically a big mining pool could like 51 percent attack the network but of course that's not likely because if the mining pool attacks the network then they lose all their revenue and all their customers pretty much so that wouldn't work satoshi nakamoto actually wrote about then the bitcoin white paper on the miners will not want to 51 percent attack because they earn more money and a livelihood from mining correctly without attacking the network for a double spend so I don't think that's very relevant, but it is true that CoinGeek controls around half of the Bitcoin SV hash rate. Bitcoin SV in general has been doing poorly since it was delisted from Binance and Kraken, but it hasn't changed much. It's at $53. That's about where it was after the Binance delisting. IOTA is the biggest winner today. So a story about IOTA is that Jaguar, uh, the car company, they have some really fast cars, really cool looking cars. Uh, Apparently, they're going to offer IOTA traded under the symbol myota they're going to offer it to their customers if their customers open up to sharing the data about their car like i guess the speed the gas mileage maybe some other parameters like temperature and stuff whatever the sensors are on the car if they share it with the jaguar company they'll pay the customers with myota iota and that's a cryptocurrency which is around 31 cents right now it's rallied a lot low in the past 24 hours it's up 14 percent in the past 24 hours because of this jaguar news jaguar is a pretty big car company and apparently its customers are able to receive IOTA sometime soon if they share the data. And I guess this will help Jaguar understand how their cars are working, how efficient they are, and then make improvements. And IOTA, by the way, is the number one directed cyclic graph cryptocurrency DAG. And basically it's a different sort of blockchain that's better for storing scientific data. Because imagine you're trying to store scientific data on the Bitcoin blockchain. It wouldn't work. It would be very arduous and not work at all. Well, iota, you just have to have two of the past, uh, like blocks verified, and then you can store something else in like the blockchain. It's not like a typical blockchain though. So you take the two, two past transactions, and then you could put your transaction in and include a bunch of scientific data. Because of the way it's built, it's better for scientific data storage. So that's why Jaguar would use iota, because they're trying to store some scientific data here, and this is the best blockchain to do it. And apparently, they're going to pay their customers with it. And they say their customers can use it for like gas and tolls and stuff once they build it up a bit. It's unknown how much money Jaguar customers will receive for participating in this program. But regardless, it's big news that Jaguar is teaming up with IOTA for a data project. And also presumably Jaguar is going to have to buy up a bunch of IOTA in order to do this project. So that's why there's speculators jumping in and buying up IOTA now because they think the price will rise from Jaguar buying up IOTA for this. Moving on with the market analysis, Tezos is down 6.6%. So Tezos was one of the most profitable cryptocurrencies over the past month before the last few days. Uh, Tezos rallied from 40 cents to as high as $1.50 pretty much. And then since then, the bubble kind of popped and went up too quickly. The reason it went up in the first place is because Coinbase and Binance announced they're launching staking services for Tezos. So Tezos became the most popular proof of stake cryptocurrency very quickly. It still is probably. But it went up too much too fast and it's dropped from like $1.50 down to $1.13 now. So it kind of bubbled and the bubble's popping and deflating a bit. That being said, Tezos is not done with. It's still now one of the top cryptocurrencies at number 16 on CoinMarketCap. And then moving on to Dogecoin. Dogecoin is down 2.5% this morning. Its market cap has dropped below $300 million again for the first time in a little while. And I just want to talk about Basic Attention Token for a second. So Basic Attention Token is down 5.6% this morning. That being said, since around early February, Basic Attention Token is up from $0.10 all the way to where it is now at $0.38. And that rally was caused by the rest of the crypto market recovering, plus speculation regarding the Brave Browser. So the Basic Attention Token, BAT, is the native cryptocurrency of the Brave Browser. And this is quite a unique cryptocurrency. There's no other cryptocurrencies that I know of that are actually the native crypto of a browser. So a browser is something like Safari or Firefox or Chrome. Well, now there's kind of like a crypto version. It's called Brave. And they've been live for a while, but they haven't started doing uh, their basic attention token program until now. In fact, you probably just heard a ding on the show. Well, I got the Brave browser running. Every 10 or 20 minutes, the Brave browser pops up a notification and I receive 0.05 BAT. So that's a really interesting way to earn cryptocurrency. So far I've earned maybe like 0.3 because I haven't had it on that much. One of my friends had it on like all day and like in a day he earned about like two BAT or actually closer to three BAT. So he earned a dollar in a day and that's actually better than most crypto mining machines that people have for personal use. They earn less than a dollar a day. So it's kind of an interesting way to mine crypto pretty much you can just have your browser on and it gives you some Satoshis every like 10 or 20 minutes. So, how does this work? Basically, in the normal advertising system on the internet, the people that have websites, the publishers, they get all the ad revenue, plus like Google. So, like the person running the ads or the company running the ads, which is Google, plus the publisher, they get a share of the ad revenue. BAT kind of reverses this. They actually give some of the ad revenue to the people that receive the ads. And it's very interesting, also. It's kind of like a war between. Advertising paradigm. So we got the typical Google Adsense and Yahoo Advertising going on where like I said the company like Google and Yahoo and the publishers receive the ad money and then we got brave where uh, The customers and the publisher receive ad money and then brave takes very little of that ad money apparently relative to Google well, they're also blocking all the Google ads and all the ads in general so on the brave browser it blocks all of the ads and Like, literally, I'm looking right now at how many ads has it blocked for me. It's like it's blocked hundreds of ads already, even though I've barely used the Brave browser so far. And the reason I'm using it this morning is actually because I was using Firefox, and it was slowing down to a crawl, which has happened so many times. I'm using a Windows computer, and Firefox gets really, really slow. And actually practically crashes the whole computer and I've realized now that's because of all the ads that are popping up you don't even know it but sometimes there's like 10 or 20 ads popping up per web page and they're all over the web page you don't even see it like you might see a few of the ads on the top of the page but there's like a lot more all over the page and it uses up a lot of your computers processing power so the brave browser blocks all of that automatically for you and now my computer is working correctly so this is actually very helpful that it blocks all those ads it's practically necessary on my windows computer which is not an old computer it's like a year old maybe at the most so yeah it blocks the ads for you and then it gives you some money too for the little notifications that pops up instead of like a really heavy ad that uses a lot of processing power it just pops up a little notification makes a little ding and you get 0.05 bat tokens for that a really interesting way to earn crypto There is one caveat load, they're not allowing any withdrawals yet. Also, they only pay you once a month, so like you earn the BAT as it goes, but they don't put it in your wallet until like a certain day of the month, which is probably different for each user. And then, I don't think anyone's allowed to withdraw their tokens yet until they do KYC, and the KYC process is not implemented yet. I think they're still debating what's the best way to do this, but apparently it's going to require... um, giving over some information because uh brave said they're gonna get defrauded massively by like click farms basically if they just had no kyc at all so they gotta have some sort of know your customer stuff going on so people don't just make a click farm and earn a ton of brave because if they didn't do kyc this could be like a possible way to hack a lot of money by having a click farm and using the brave browser just have like a hundred of these open at once it would actually be like practically a daily income So yeah, I think the Braid Browser is pretty good, but I'm not going to say it's perfect yet until I see how this KYC and the withdrawals work, so I'll keep everyone updated on that. To wrap up the market analysis, so the total cryptocurrency market cap is now just below $170 billion, right at $170 billion actually. This morning it dropped as low as $169.5 billion, and that's down from about $185 billion from when Bitcoin hit its peak 2019 price of $5,600 within the past week, so... The total crypto market cap has lost about $15 billion, and that could be due to two factors. Uh, One of them is this Tether and New York Attorney General's office story we're about to talk about. We also just had the CME Bitcoin futures expiration, and I did a study on this, and basically every single CME Bitcoin futures expiration is quite correlated with Bitcoin's price. There was three different months in 2018 where Bitcoin rallied for the month, and then at the expiration, it started to crash for the next month. Basically, this suggests that CME Bitcoin futures traders go long for one month and then they short it the next month. And lo and behold, after the March expiration, Bitcoin started to have that rally that was really nice during April. And now we had another expiration and Bitcoin's price is dropping. It's kind of ominous, but it is not yet confirmed that this will be a big down month powered by CME short selling. We're just going to have to wait and see for a few more days, maybe up to a week to confirm any such trend. Moving on to the most important story of the day the new york attorney's general office has sued tether limited and bitfinex a so bitfinex is the biggest bitcoin to usd exchange in the world and tether is by far the most popular stablecoin with a 2.8 billion dollar market cap so this caused a bit of a panic and that's probably what precipitated the bitcoin price crash on thursday afternoon when bitcoin dropped from 5500 down below 5100 but let's go into the real situation here To explain what exactly is going on, so New York has been infamous for being the most aggressive uh, state and government in the world against cryptocurrencies. Started with the New York Bit License, where they banned all the Bitcoin dealers and forced Bitcoin dealing underground and made it a black market illegal sort of thing. And the New York Bit License is very stringent and hard to get and also not really fair. Basically, people have to pay a bunch of money to apply for the Bit License and then they have to get a lot of lawyers to. Get it, it's a very long process. Then they have to deposit a bunch of money with the state of New York in order to do Bitcoin trading. And then the worst thing of all, beyond any money requirements, is that they have to give New York full access to all of their information. They have to let New York basically see everything going on in their business. It's kind of like reconnaissance, kind of like spying. So, any company that gets the New York Bit License, literally the New York Attorney General, the government of New York is able to see everything going on and that kind of flies in the face of the anonymity of the crypto world so cryptocurrency and bitcoin was founded upon the premise of anonymity and controlling your own money without the government controlling it the new york bit license is a way to try to negate that and make it so everything is available for the government to see so Bitfinex, rightfully so, refused to get the New York Bit license because, first off, Bitfinex is not even based in the United States. Right now, they're based in the Bahamas. They've been based in various locations outside of the United States, basically. They've had U.S. bank accounts, though. But yeah, Bitfinex is not based in the United States, and they would prefer New York not to have full access to all of their traders' information and all of their internal operations. So Bitfinex said, okay, we're not going to do anything in New York. So the first thing that the New York Attorney General is alleging is that Bitfinex and Tether have operated within New York It's a little hard to understand how exactly Bitfinex and Tether have operated in New York But it is believable perhaps because for example like Binance and all the other major crypto exchanges have Tether available And I'm sure someone in New York is probably using Tether at some point, that's just speculation But it says it in the lawsuit and that's believable but simultaneously, it's kind of like Tether is such an important thing for the crypto world. Tether is the way that people trade in and out of Bitcoin without c- cashing out to their bank every time. So in the typical case before Tether or stablecoins existed, a trader would uh, sell their Bitcoin and then they would have U.S. dollars. And that's a slow process versus just selling their Bitcoin and having Tether and then buying Bitcoin again with that Tether. And also they could take that tether and transfer it to another crypto exchange to capture arbitrage opportunities so tether is a much more fluid way of trading cryptocurrency versus having us dollars and having to withdraw it to your bank and then send it to another exchange which is a very slow process and if there was any arbitrage opportunities they would dry up by the time that process is complete of sending us dollars from one exchange to another so tether has been very helpful for that it's kind of like bread for the crypto world it's kind of like food for the traders like they need it like bread in order to to do their operations correctly so it is quite believable that perhaps someone in New York is using Tether and it's also believable that someone in New York is using Bitfinex like there's been plenty of cases of people using VPNs to access like BitMEX and stuff which is like derivatives trading for crypto is not allowed in the United States but people do it anyway stuff like that so I don't think it's really fair to uh, go against Bitfinex and Tether when they clearly do ban New York users but the New York Attorney General's office trying to say is they're operating in New York anyways, especially through one of their subsidiaries, apparently. So what I'm saying is just speculation. I don't know exactly for sure if they're operating in New York or not. I'm just speculating a the way they could be, and in general, I'm trying to present both sides of the story here. The more major part of this lawsuit that has captured the headlines is apparently $850 million dollars has been transferred between Tether and Bitfinex. So Bitfinex was having serious banking problems. They lost their account at Wells Fargo. Then they went to Noble Bank in Puerto Rico. And then Noble Bank of Puerto Rico basically collapsed. Like, they don't exist anymore. So there was a month or two in the latter half of 2018 where Bitfinex and Tether basically did not have a proper United States bank account. So Tether was in trouble. Tether dropped as low as, I believe, like 86 cents. And Bitfinex, there was a run on Bitfinex, like the price of Bitcoin and Bitfinex went like over $1,000 above the rest of the global spot prices. People tried to rush out of Bitfinex by like buying Bitcoin and then withdrawing the Bitcoin because Bitcoin withdrawals still worked. So that was some sort of crisis and it looked pretty bad at the time. Right now, this does not look anywhere near as bad as that. Basically, the New York Attorney General's office coming back, is coming back at Bitfinex and Tether for what happened back then. Uh, apparently at some point, uh, there's this firm called Crypto Capital, which is kind of like an intermediary to send payments and Bitfinex was using them in order to send payments, basically in lieu of having an actual bank account during the time between when they lost their bank in Puerto Rico and then they found their bank in the Bahamas. So Bitfinex and Tether do have a real bank in the Bahamas. Now it works, but there was an intermediate time where they tried to use Crypto Capital, and apparently Crypto Capital like had eight hundred and fifty million dollars of Bitfinex's money and then they kinda like didn't send it ever. And Bitfinex is claiming now that this money was seized by government regulators in the United States and Portugal, but they're saying also this is not like a hack. So in the past we saw Mount Gox where they actually got hacked of a bunch of money and then they were trying to run the exchange anyways and it collapsed. This is not the case. In this case we're talking about fiat currency here that probably was seized by government regulators but they can't seize it forever because Bitfinex regardless of having a New York bit license or not they do have KYC and AML and this is customers money and it can't be held forever by the government that's not legal so and Bitfinex has actually released a statement saying that they expect to get the money back sometime soon Uh, they said within a few weeks they're going to get that 851 million dollars back Uh, But here's the New York Attorney General's office saying it was kind of like an illegal transaction. So what happened exactly is that because Bitfinex didn't have this $850 million from Crypto Capital, uh, Tether gave them a loan. And then Bitfinex gave Tether back like $625 million that was held in Crypto Capital, like kind of money that can't be touched. But ultimately, uh, Bitfinex gave Tether a bunch of shares in IFNX, I-F-N-X, which is like the real company of Bitfinex. So Tether got a bunch of shares of Bitfinex basically and then they used those shares to uh, obtain a revolving line of credit. So ultimately Tether is not having funds in crypto capital at this point. They They got a bunch of shares from Bitfinex as collateral and then they used that in order to get a line of credit. So that still looks bad though compared to what Tether used to say that they had a US dollar in the bank account for every Tether that exists. Apparently that's not true, and that was already listed on their website for several months. They said, uh, we have cash equivalents and dollars in the bank, considered just dollars in the bank. That being said, they have a legitimate line of credit, and Tether is not closing its doors and they look pretty strong to be honest. They have to get past this situation. Basically, crypto capital releases the funds, if the government releases the funds, there is no situation here. In fact, I'll just read the Bitfinex statement. Earlier today, the New York Attorney General's office released an order it obtained without notice or a hearing in an attempt to compel Bitfinex and Tether to provide certain documents in seeking certain injunctive relief. The New York Attorney General's court filings were written in bad faith and are riddled with false assertions, including as to a purported $850 million loss at crypto capital. On the contrary, we have been informed that these crypto capital amounts are not lost, but have been in fact seized and safeguarded. We are and have been actively working to exercise our rights and remedies and get these funds released. Sadly, the New York Attorney General's Office seems to be intent on undermining those efforts to the detriment of our customers. Bitfinex and Tether have been fully cooperative with the New York Attorney General's Office as both companies are with all regulators. The New York Attorney General's Office should focus its efforts on trying to aid and support our recovery efforts. Both Bitfinex and Tether are financially strong, full stop. And both Bitfinex and Tether are committed to fighting this gross overreach by the New York Attorney General's office against companies that are good corporate citizens and strong supporters of law enforcement. Bitfinex and Tether will vigorously challenge this and any and other all actions by the New York Attorney General's office. All that being said, there are two sides to every story, and I found this very rational opinion here that is reasonable enough that I'm going to state it on the show. I'm just going to read it verbatim from where I found it. I'm not going to say the exact name of the source, but it's someone on Telegram that... Kind of gives out insider info all the time, and they've been right a lot of the times. They say, if you are a logical, rational-minded individual, this should make it blatantly clear that Bitfinex slash Tether's days are extremely limited. Explanation. Number one, in this letter, Bitfinex Tether essentially made it known that they have no intentions on cooperating with the New York Attorney General's office any longer. Number two, this is going to result in a warrant for the arrest of the individuals associated with Bitfinex slash Tether. Failure to comply with the subpoena guarantees it. More than likely, the New York Attorney General's order is going to expand for what it was previously, restriction on funds being moved to an outright cease and delist on all operations by te- Bitfinex and Tether. Number four, any exchange with common sense will have delisted Tether by this time, but if not, expect that the order will then expand to any and all crypto exchanges, prohibiting them from trading Tether. And if they don't, expect that they will be in bird's eye view of the Fed and risk abrupt cessation via Federalis kicking their door in. Number five, more than likely, Bitfinex likes Tether continuing to do operations in the face of the New York Attorney General's impending prohibition, because that's clearly what's going to happen since they're no longer going to comply, it will lead to federal authorities stepping in and it gets ugly from there. If you are in Tether right now, get out. You are making a huge mistake staying in it. If your money is on an exchange that uses Tether, move it. Today, not tomorrow. This situation is not okay. It will not blow over or resolve itself. It will, end this. it will escalate and it will end badly for Bitfinex and Tether. They're not going to effing beat the United States. Be realistic. This isn't FUD. This is real life. This isn't a Wall Street Journal article or a crypto publication saying this. This is the Attorney General's Office in New York making it expressively clear that there will be punitive action against Bitfinex and Tether. Since Bitfinex Tether has declared they will not comply in any way, shape, or form, we know that they will eventually be fugitives. Keep in mind, what I was reading was an opinion, not for me and not of Crypto IQ, but this is literally the exact other side of the story where it's reasonable enough they're saying, hey, like the New York Attorney's General is going after Bitfinex and Tether, and it might end really badly. That's important to know that perspective too. That's all I have for you today on this April 29th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk. They made 314% profit since July, even in the worst at the bear market. And if you join the Crypto.IQ Trading Desk, you could see their trades in real time and there's a full trade analysis with each trade. Just by reading the Crypto.IQ Trade Analysis, you can become an expert crypto trader. Plus, you can ask the Crypto.IQ Traders questions in real time and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly. So if you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, it's the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. This is your host Space Marine signing out. I remain in space.